In today's show, we look at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball. Yes, players to add, players to drop. Who's been added? Who's been dropped? Does it all make sense? We'll find out, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com. The promo code is Locked On. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Wave wire. Heading into week 12. Is it week 12 or week 11? I've lost my mind. Which what week are we heading into? Week 12. There you go. We are heading into week 12. I'm so absorbed in my fantasy football championship matchup, which I think I'm going to lose. But hey, it's week 12 here for um, the NBA and for fantasy basketball. And we've still got plenty of waiver wire things to discuss. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to the bloke who rates my um, rates my warning laugh. Um uh, oh, sorry, it's actually the Gilly laugh on uh, on every show. Um, appreciate you seeing how much effort or how, how the voice sounds, how the how the rasp is. Appreciate the rating system you're giving me. It's really good. Anyway, most added players on the wave wire. Uh, this is over the last like 48 hours. You'll notice there are a lot of players who play in today's game. They have dominated the waiver acquisitions, understandably so. But at the top of this list, and we'll talk about him a little bit later on as well, is Mark Williams. Oh, hi, Mark. I added him in lots of spots, right? After that big game against the Thunder. Well, actually, I added him sort of in the middle of that game um, against the Thunder, or I put him into my uh, fab bid thing because I thought it was interesting that Nick Richards was available and they said they were going to play Williams over him. And then, yes, he dominated against the Thunder. It was never going to be uh, as dominant as it was in that game. We knew the Thunder didn't have anybody. And the, the, the ability of Williams to be a top 60 home run option at some point this year... Now that he's taken that step over Richards, and then the second game he played over Richards as well, I don't know whether that sticks. And when the guy in front of you is Plumley, and we are heading into the second half of the season, I took that chance. Now there's a chance that it doesn't work out at all. And then the second game, he wasn't particularly good. I think he had, what, eight and seven? Not a great game. And played 15, 16 minutes, but he played 15, 16 minutes more than Nick Richards. And... When you add someone like Mark Williams, which a lot of people did, and, and I agree with it because obviously I did it myself, you don't add him for one game. You don't add him for that one game and go, well, you need, eight, you need seven and seven or six and seven or eight and seven, whatever it was. Well, easy shit. Get rid of him. Useless. Like the absolute like narrow focus that some people have, and it is really hard to break away from that. We talk about you know human psychological conditions because we're a deep, thoughtful thinking show here. We talk about this all the time. It's really hard to go past that. And yeah, you know, I talked about, I tweeted this and I said, hey, Williams um, still the backup over Richards in the midst of him having not a great game, right? And all the responses were like, yeah, but he's bad. Yeah, but he did nothing. I'm dropping him. And someone said, yeah, but I can't possibly keep him if he's playing 15 minutes with four turn- turnovers every night. Like, he's not. He's not. Like that, he did that in one game. And the game before that, he had, what, 17 and 12 on 100% shooting? 
So if you think he's either going to continue 15 minutes with four turnovers every single night, then equally you should think he's going to have a double-double with two blocks and 100% shooting every night. That's just not how any of it works. And you don't add Mark Williams for the hope that the next game would be as good as the first one, and that's how it will be every game. You add it, much like when we talk about this later, you see the bloke on the thumbnail, the Bronco Jalen Williams. Luxury stash. You see it climb, you see it climb, you see it climb. And you've got to be in a position to be able to do that, but to have a bit of patience with it. So while I agree with Mark Williams being one of the most added players, when we get to the next page and it's most dropped players, his name is on that as well, which is ridiculous to me. If you added him, it wasn't for one game. Surely it wasn't for one game. And in that one game, he sort of played the role we expected him to play, and that is back up to Mason Plumley, with the hope that he can carve out 19, 20 minutes, and then either Plumley gets hurt or they eventually make a move. It's about getting ahead of the pack. I hope all of that makes sense. Right? This is not a guarantee to pan out at all. It probably doesn't, because Steve Clifford is incredibly, incredibly stubborn with rookies. We know this. Sometimes his hand has to be forced, like it was with Richards getting hurt. Sometimes it has to be forced. Shout out to the bloke that, that on Reddit told me, or not told me, was saying that the narrative that Clifford doesn't play rookies is completely false because he played Cody Zeller, the fourth overall pick, 17 minutes a night. And he played Cole Anthony, 27 minutes a night, like without any context. Steve Clifford doesn't play rookies very much at all unless he is absolutely forced to. And even then, like these guys don't get tons of minutes. But yeah, that's the thing. Hands can be forced. And that's, that's the idea. It's, we're still in a spot where we can sit on some guys a little bit. If you're 10th in the standings, you can't. But if you can sit on some guys a little bit and wait for stuff to develop. So, it's a lot of talk on Mark Williams, but I think it's important. The next three players, Rui Hachimura, Daniel Gafford, Denny Avdia, have all been added in a lot of leagues. Um, like, yes, they play today on Sunday. I think Gafford is a clear ad, like pretty clear ad in all 12 team leagues. If they're going to keep starting him and he plays 24 minutes, if he gets 25, then it's on. Or if he gets 23, 24, then he is a 12-team league guy. If he gets 20, it's very borderline. It's probably not there. But it isn't hard, and I talk about this a lot as well, it isn't hard for a center in 21 minutes to be a 12-team league player. It's very almost impossible for a wing and a guard to do that. Almost impossible. For a center, it's extremely easy. 10 points, 10 rebounds, 70% shooting, 1.8 blocks, bang, you're a top 100 player. That's the easiest thing to do. So if Gafford continues to start and play 20 plus minutes, then he's there. Hachimura benefited the last couple of games with Beal out getting some extra usage. I Obviously, you've heard me talk. I don't believe in Rui Hachimura as a 12-team league category guy. If you're looking for a point stream for Sunday, sure, go ahead. Right, He, he can do that, but long-term, no. And then Denny Avdia, we've got so much evidence to suggest that the numbers go up when Beal is out and the numbers disappear when Beal is back. And that's hard to rely on. Very interesting to see a couple of bucks here. Yes, they play today, but Joe Ingles. Last game, we saw Ingles he had 10 assists, I think. And is he better than Wes Matthews, George Hill, Marjan Beauchamp, Javon Carter, Grayson Allen? Probably. That's not a 12-team must-add. It's a good stream for today. Same with Carter with Holiday and Middleton out. But there's a little bit of intrigue here for Ingles. We talked about this, me and, me and Ben, when we did the Christmas Day recap show. We said, ah, Ingles played a lot more than we thought, and he looked pretty crisp. Like, let's see what happens with this. And it's actually starting to play out that way. So let's watch that Ingles one. It's a good ad for today. 
Derek White, a good stream for today. And Contavious Caldwell-Pope streams for today. So that's what that brings up. And that's what these guys are. Like White and KCP and Avdia in particular. These are players who you don't have to hold in 12-team leagues. You add them when the schedule makes sense. And if you when you drop them, who cares? Like they're not top 80, top 70. Well, we're just waiting until something blows up. I just don't think they're that guy. They're the guy that goes on and off and on and off your waiver wire. And that's how you treat those sort of players. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy, but it's not the daily fantasy that your grandparents knew. It's daily fantasy, but it's it's better. It's not putting a lineup together with salary caps. It's not going up against thousands of people. It's player projections. You might have Derek White more or less than one block. And you go, okay, well, I think he'll get two today. So you take more. Or they'll have Jason Tatum 25 and a half points. And you go, I think I'll take more. And they have Rob Williams seven and a half rebounds. You go, hmm, he's a bit sick, so I'll take less. And you get between two to six of those projections, put them into a lineup, and you can win up to 25 times your entry fee. You can put those lineups in in under 60 seconds, and you can do it while you're standing in 30 different US states, over 30, in fact. They don't give me the exact number, but it's over 30. And in Canada as well. And it's not just the NBA. You can look at all the projections, say Tyson Algier, my fantasy football legend in the NFL. You can look at NHL. You can look at college basketball. You can look at college football with the championship game coming up next week. Let's go Horde Frogs. So many different sports and including the, the goat of all time, disc golf. It's all there over on PricePix. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter to the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Let's go to the most dropped players. See how many of these I agree with and if there's any value you can have by scraping the bottom here. Austin Reeves, see you later. In fact, let's just give Blanket Jacks right now. Get that garbage out of here! Blanket Jacks, a nice winter staple. Austin Reeves, yep, looks struggling. Mo Wagner, uh, yeah, look, it was great, Mo. Thank you for your time. You got suspended. Wendell's back. I'll see you later. You're not going to play on Wednesday, and you're going to be back in a reserve role really soon, so you can go. Tory Craig's an interesting one. He sort of fits in that KCP, Derek White mold of being a player that you can have. Do you have to hold him? No. Like, on and off. So that's okay. Larry Nance being dropped. I completely understand it. And I said this multiple times with Nance this season. When he gets hurt and misses games, multiple games, drop him. It's fine. But then when he's back and he plays 24 minutes, you re-add him. Like, if you are in a stable situation, I would hold. If you're in a good situation, in a strong position in your standings, I would hold him. And if he makes sense with a team like that needs field goals, blocks, rebounds, steals, that's what he brings. But I also get it. If you want to drop him, it's not a problem. Found it interesting that Alec Burks was dropped. Alec Burks. Um, Killian Hayes still got one game suspension left. So... I probably would have held on to him just for that one. But he's not a long-term 12-team league player. So again, if you need to make a long-term switch, it's no worries. And then, as I said, Mark Williams, one of the most dropped players. No Nonsense. Nonsense. I'm not telling you he's going to be a 12-team league guy all season. But it is ludicrous to have him as, this is on Yahoo, the second most dropped player over the last, say, 24 hours. It's ridiculous. You should not have dropped him if you added him. You should not have. Andre Drummond, the big avocado. Yeah, no people added him because he, he can put up numbers. And interestingly, he did stay in the rotation over Derek Jones last game, but he's not a 12-team league guy. He's a guy that you stream in 12-team leagues if he retains the backup role when you're looking for specific stats, but he's not a must-hold. And this one, I don't get it. Why was Nas Reed one of the foremost drop players? That makes no sense to me at all. 
None at all. Yes, Kyle Anderson's back and played good minutes. Reed still played 25 or whatever with Anderson and with Gobert there. This is absolute nonsense. Naz Reed needs to be rostered in every league for the short. It, look, again, it might not work. Maybe he plays 20 minutes exclusively at center and they don't go to Reed and Gobert lineups very much until Towns returns. That's possible. But it's ridiculous to have dropped him. Um, and you shouldn't do that. Just as we're talking here in terms of other names of... Um, well, actually, we'll get to other names in a second. Spoiler. Tease. Phoenix Sun stuff later on. It's coming. Let's look at some must-roster players. What are these? These are guys that I project to be top 100 players per game rest of season who are available in over 20% of leagues. And Kalyanik's still there. Why? He's available in like 30-plus percent of leagues. He's available in 60-plus percent of ESPN leagues. It's silly. Add him. I don't know what you're doing. Killian Hayes, I know he was dropped because of his... It was three games. People overreacted to dropping Killian Hayes. Three games he was suspended, and he's already missed two of them. I think he needs... To, I think he should be added. Now, you do have to be aware of the issues with him, and not every... Your team could look at him and go, well, that's not going to work for me. And I, that's fine. That makes sense. But he, he shouldn't be on as many waiver wires as he is. I think Cam Johnson, like, his return should be coming in the next week or two. I don't think you want him sitting on waiver wires at the moment. I, I Look, it's going to take a little bit of time for him. And again, it's probably one of those situations. And, one, and again, one of the reasons why I believe that more injured reserve slots on teams are important because then you have players like Cam Johnson who probably can be top, well, should be top 100 rest of season if they have to get dropped by a, a team who's struggling with a lot of injuries who are you know, pushed down the standings, that the good teams can then squat on these guys and add them back and take a zero for a week or two and then get stronger down the stretch. That is what more injured reserves or fewer injured reserve slots do makes the good teams better. And I don't think we want that in fantasy necessarily. We want more of an even playing field. Anyway, Cam Johnson, roster him. Uh, Jalen Duran. Last game was rough, like 13 minutes. It was foul trouble. It was Dwayne Casey. And it was also the fact that the starters got down big and the bench got him back into the game. Don't look at this and go, well, they've gone back to Marvin Bagley now. 29 minutes for Bagley, 14 for Duran. That's what it's going to be every night. It's not what it's going to be every night. So he, he needs to be rostered in more leagues than this. For a points league perspective, Killian Hayes still a 12-team league guy. Jaden Ivey's a 12-team league guy in points leagues. Gordon Haywood's been dropped in a few leagues. I think he's pretty clear. I think he's 110th in points leagues this season. To me, that's a pretty clear must-roster player in a points league with ability to get into the top 100. Now, it's been bad for him, no doubt. But he's been bad and still is the 110th best player in points leagues. So if he is available in your like category leagues, I can get it if you want to drop him. I probably wouldn't because I think his role is still relatively secure as a 33, 34-minute-a-night guy with you know, significant room for improvement. But in a points league, even the production doesn't suggest he's droppable. And Jalen Duran's there as well as a 12-team league player. Let's look at some players who are top 100 over the last week. But before I do that, the news on the Suns, Landry Shamit and Cameron Payne are both expected to play on Monday. Now, I would add Shamit. I would consider Payne with Booker out. I don't think they'll play 29 minutes of campaign next to Chris Paul. I don't think he'll be a starter, but he'll play 24-25. I think the situation of having Josh Kogi or Jock Landale, you're filling in those Booker minutes, has clearly not worked. Shamit is just a points and threes guy who can hit free throws at a high rate, but I would add him. And let's see what happens. He's had two big games in the last week before he got hurt. Not a guy that I love for fantasy at all. 
but opportunity is going to be pumped into him. And then Payne has some value as well. They both can be 12-team league ads. I would look at Shamit over Payne. I just think he'll play 30-plus. Payne's also coming back from a long-term foot injury, while Shamit's missed two games with some soreness. So Shamit should be able to push to 30 straight away, whereas Payne probably won't. So I would look at those those two guys as interesting ads. Alec Burks is a top one, top 50 player over the last week. That's why I wouldn't have dropped him. Like, with one game left of the suspension, I'll drop him straight after the suspension, but I wouldn't have dropped him. Not at all. The Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. Um, he's a top 50 player over the last week, and I referenced it earlier. We looked at him as like, I think he's got the ability to be a steady player. I think he's got the ability to be a regular starter. I think he's got the ability to maybe push to the top 100. And it's going to take a little bit of time. And I said, yeah, it's a luxury stash. You've got to be willing to deal with top 160, top 170 value, 14-team league value for a bit of time. But we're getting into the stage where he's becoming a 12-team league guy while still not shooting 30% from three. And he was like a 38% guy, I think, last season in college. So he's got room for that to improve as well. And I said multiple times preseason, I think he's going to be better than a Lou Dort by the end of this season. I think he's already there. And I think the Thunder might actually think he's already there as well. And getting that consistent 28 to 31 minute a night roll and bumping some of the usage up. And then we get hopefully more coming with some playmaking and shooting. Like, I think it's really hard to look at Jalen Williams and go, yeah, I'm keeping him on the waiver wire. Unless you're in a 10-10 league, I get it. In a 12, I don't really think there's an excuse for Jalen Williams being on the, on the waiver wire at this point. Again, there'll be rocky moments, but all of the trends are pushing way up, and he's 50th over the last week. Kevin Love's in the top 100 over the last week. That's largely because Evan Mobley missed the last game, and Love had a huge one. You stream him in when Mobley's out, and that's it. Mark Williams. Yep. He played 17 minutes a night over four games in the last week. Top 100 player. There was one big game in there, obviously, but there was three other ones, and he's still top 100. This is what I mean. 17 minutes a night, it is very easy for a big man in 20 minutes to be a top 100 player. Very easy. Very easy. So Williams is there. And Victor Oladipo. Realistically, it's steals. So like you've got a few options you can stream for steals. You've got Victor Oladipo, you've got Alex Caruso, the two big names that come to mind. DeLon Wright, these guys get tons of them. That's what they do. Oladipo had a huge game last time out with Jim Butler out. Got those minutes back up. Now, whether he gets those big minutes every night is probably unlikely, but those steals make him at least appealing. I'm still on the, on the fence as to whether he is a 12-team must roster, but it's interesting. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bilt Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and the calories, then you've got to try a Bilt Bar. I've tried them. They're bloody good. I've got boxes of them here. I love them. Love my Bilt Bars. And you know, we get these things and we, we talk about them and sometimes you go, oh, that's, that's, that's rubbish, Josh. I'm telling you now, these things taste like a, like a chocolate bar, like a candy bar, as you guys would say. But they are jam-packed with protein, like 15 to 17 grams, but only 130 calories and four grams of sugar. That's ridiculous. Peanut butter brownie, great flavor. Churro, love it. Coconut almond, cookies and cream. All their flavors, really, that I've tried. Even the special edition ones they throw in there. There was a birthday cake at one point. It was a toffee apple flavor, which they had, which I loved. And we're all in the new year now. Everyone has crossed over into 2023. And some of us, we want to lose weight. We want to get healthy. We want to get stronger. We want to get ripped and jacked. And getting protein with low calories is a huge way to do that. And you don't have to do it at built.com. I've been telling you, go to built.com, do it. You don't have to do that anymore. You can go to Walmart. Or Sam's Club. At Walmart, they've got four bar boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. And at Sam's Club, 13 bar box with the hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. So go to Sam's Club, go to Walmart or go to Built.com and get your Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. Let's look at some deeper league options now. 
maybe, yes. These guys are all available in uh, 10%. Oh, sorry, shit, no. They're available in 90% or more of leagues. Um, Nico Batum, I think he's a 14-team league guy with 12-team stream ability. Delon Wright is a 14-team league guy with 12-team stream ability. Grayson Allen is a 14-team league guy with stream ability for 12s. And Patrick Beverly is a 14-team league guy with stream ability for 12s. All of those guys are available in lots of spots. And I think in 14-team leagues, you've got to really consider all of them. And they all have ability to be used in 12-team leagues at the moment. Austin Reeves, we dropped him out of that 12-team discussion. The form's fallen off, but he's still like he's still available in lots of spots now. Everyone's dropped him. So like 16-team leagues, wake up. If he's there, like that's worth it. Drew Eubanks, just unbelievable value as the locked-in backup center behind Nurkic, who jumps to a fringe 12-team league guy when Nurkic sits. He's available in so many spots. TJ McConnell doesn't have much upside. But in 16-team leagues, his ability to get assists and steals is vital. And he's around everywhere. And then Isaiah Hartenstein, who again has really struggled since that early two weeks of the season. The production is nowhere near what we expect. Usage down, assist rate down, three-point shooting down. He looks lost in New York. It's, he's been bad. Um, but I still think that he's a 16-team league guy. And he's available in quite a few spots. Some other names for us to talk about. Emmanuel Quickly, yes, he is a 12-team league guy until both Brunson and Barrett return. Until they both return, he's a 12-team league guy, and then he goes back to being a 12-team streamer. We don't have to. We don't really have to wait and see to see what happens with quickly when those guys come back because we've seen it. We, he plays 21 minutes. Sometimes he plays 25. Sometimes he plays 19, and it's not useful because of the way Thibodeau runs it. And I don't think Thibodeau is going to say, "Well, you know what? Quickly was so good that we're going to leave Brunson at 29 minutes and Barrett at 29 to get more minutes for quickly, and Grimes is going to play 28." Like I don't think it's going to happen, right? So we sort of know that what's going to go on there. But until those guys are back, yeah, like we, we roll. Um, Aaron Neesmith, he's, he's doing the little thing that I always find hard to trust, where the last couple of games have been really good, but it's low usage, high field goal. I think 75 and 67% shooting on like 14% usage. And that's really hard to continue. And when you don't really contribute huge rebounds or assists or steals or blocks, steals and blocks are not bad for him, that when that shooting goes from 67 to 42 on five shots, six shots, eight shots, then you get 10, four, and one. It's, like, ugh, it's all right. I like that he's a starter. I like that he's a 28-minute 20, starter. He's fine as a 12-team league guy. But the last couple of games, I think, have pushed a little bit too high. Um, Anyeka Kongwu until Capella's back, we just keep rolling. He's providing unbelievable value. We know he's a good player. We know he's a good category fantasy and points league fantasy guy. We knew that. The problem with him all season was he just wasn't going to overtake Capella unless there was an injury. And now there is, so we roll with him. Tari preseason. Let's got his name on here. I thought he was really good again, but the path for minutes for him is tough. He's playing almost exclusively as a four, which means they'd need to bench or trade Jabari Smith Jr., which isn't happening. And I don't think that an Eric Gordon trade is actually opening up that much for Tari. So while everyone jumped on him in the preseason, and that's why he got the Tari preseason nickname, yeah, well, there was a lot of skepticism around that. And he, he can hold and stash for a little bit of time. I, I don't think that's there anymore. Johnny Wall, name value only. Look, what are you doing? No, no reason in a 10, 12, 8, 18 leagues, 14 team leagues. You don't need to hold this guy. Reggie Jackson is clearly not only better than him at the moment, but clearly thought of to be better by that team, which is even more important as to whether he is better or not. And so you, you don't need to hold John Wall. I put Ricky Rubio's name on here because happens all the time. Garland's dealing with a thumb in injury and I will get asked this question. Hey, do we add Rubio now? Like the guy's not even back. Like, uh, he's coming off an ACL. 
His second ACL, he's 33 or whatever he is. Garland's got a sore thumb, but Garland will probably be back before Rubio actually plays. And when Rubio plays, he's going to be on limited minutes. He's going to be on um, back-to-back restrictions. And he's going to be a backup for the majority of the season. So, no. We don't add Ravishing Rick Rubio. He might be able to move into a role that's a better TJ McConnell as a great assists streamer once he actually is back. But that's not a priority. Now, always, if you've got an open injured reserve slot, it doesn't hurt you to add someone in there. It just doesn't hurt. You just add them right, and see what happens. But I don't really think it's wise to go, well, Rubio will come back. He'll get me six assists a night in 20 minutes and bang, what an add to my team. I think that's pretty unlikely even when he does return. Keegan Murray, I don't really think you need to hold him. Um, uh, yeah, I just I don't think you need to hold him. Like he's just too inconsistent. The shooting numbers are up and down, especially the field goal percentage. The defensive stats are non-existent. The minutes are in flux every game. I even if like I talk about guys like Williams, I see them progressing. I'm not really seeing that from Murray. And this is not a team that has to give him huge minutes every night. There are other guys they can use as they continue to try and win. And then there's Pig Williams in Oklahoma City. He started the last two games at center, but we saw last game, they played four centers. Pig Williams, Darius Baisley, Mike Muscala, and Eugene Amari. He's just not going to be useful enough outside of like 18 team leagues. Maybe he can have a couple of good ones, but he's not good enough as an NBA player to demand 26, 27 a night. And that's going to rule him out of consideration for most um, for most fantasy leagues. It's just, yeah, it, it just is. I think I missed a slide. I think I missed a slide. You know what? I did. Let's go back and do it now. I apologize. I missed the droppable players slide. Huh, that's bad. But anyway, we'll do it now. Top four names on this list are guys that I think can be dropped. Sadiq Bay. Hold until Hayes returns. But even in these couple of games with Hayes out, he... Hasn't really done anything exciting, has he? And that should give you an idea that even like if, if Bogdanovich is traded, look, Bay is not a great player and he's not a great fantasy asset. Not a, not a must hold as we move forward. Benedict Matherin, not a must roster player. He's losing minutes with Duarte back. He scores and doesn't do much else. He's just got a bad fantasy profile and, and I don't think that he's worth a hold in 12s. Rui Hachimura was one of the most added players, and it's great to add for the short term. I, I don't believe that Rui is a 12-team long-term guy. And then Lou Dort is definitely not a Category League 12-team player. Points leagues, sure. Category League, no, he's not playing particularly well. I wouldn't have thought the efficiency's rough. He scores a little bit, but not great. He gets some steals. Like, he's probably just a steal streamer. For points leagues, these guys are all droppable players. Bol Bol. Look, yes, look, everything's going down for Bol. We've seen this. We knew it was coming. It's here. And in points leagues, he's not good enough to even think that the upside's there to hold on. Brandon Clark, he's a category league drop as well, but he's still rostered in tons of spots. He's not a, a points league guy. Mo Wagner. And of course, Sticks, Jalen Smith. And now that will do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Say ya. Uh...